Greetings, everyone. It is now time for Marked Safe. Tales of your very favorite and most beloved disasters. On Marked Safe, we discuss events and details that some may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Please listen responsibly and stay safe. And now, here with your hosts, Brianne and Melanie, this is Marked Safe. Dear Diary, right? What a week it's been. More than one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one could argue what a year it's been, but we're going to narrow this down a little bit because as you just pointed out before we started recording, this podcast is like a diary sometimes. It is. And what a what a diary it is. <laughs> a lot's gone on. Let's unpack it. Let's unpack it. So my dad's dead. Welcome just to the club. Pop the lid on that suitcase real quick. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for your induction to the, uh, in my case, semi-orphan club. In yep. your case, sadly, full orphan club. <laughs> wow. Couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I realize as I say that how very strange it sounds. Um, but I'm just gonna... I'll be your morbid tour guide. Thank you. My tour guide across the river sticks. Yes. And I appreciate it so much. So let's see. I, I always wonder, and I know I've alluded to this a few times, I think mostly in Patreon episodes, but I know that I've alluded to the kind of weird backstory with my dad. And I'm always kind of conflicted on how candid to be because it's messy. But then it's kind of like, I mean, it's my story. And I don't know that there's anybody really involved who has any issue with anything. Right. And you know what? It's it's allowed to be messy. Everybody has an aspect in their life that is messy. Oh, yeah. In my case, all of them. (laughs) But I I do. I don't know. There's like an instinct to hide messy stuff from public viewing. But I am just not sure who involved I'm hiding it for here because everyone is either it's not their business. It's not their problem. They're dead or they don't care. Right. And so, yeah, I um, grew up thinking that my dad was my mom's husband and um, he wasn't. And I will not comment on the guy I thought was my dad out of respect for people. But um, we already didn't have a relationship anymore. He didn't raise me either, but I believed him to be my biological dad. And I uh, found out in 2018, thanks 23andMe, that he was not. Yeah. <laughs> 23 and me just does a whole oh, lot of stuff, man. doesn't it? Guys, if you have an ancestry kit, 23 and me kit, surprise story, please, for the love of God, send us that so we can do a listener tale. You can make it as anonymous as you want. We will not say your name if you ask us not to. I remember when you found that oh. out. That was, yeah. that was wild. Oh, that was wild. I mean, to be fair, it wasn't a complete shock. Like my mom, had been up front with me for pretty much my whole life. So I knew it was a possibility, but for whatever fucking reason, I didn't think it was reality. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I had my reasons for that. In hindsight, I think my reasons were dumb, but I just did not think that the other guy was indeed my dad at all. And I got a bug up my butt to figure it out. And I was like, listen, 
I know my way around a family tree. So I'm going to, you know, I knew the full names of both potential people. So I'm like, I'm going to get on Ancestry and do like go as far back making a family tree for both of these men as I possibly can. And then I'm going to take a DNA kit and I'm going to look in my closest matches for, you know, cousins or whatever, track down a cousin, be like, who are your grandparents? Who are your grandparents? Who are your grandparents? <laughs> and do this until I find someone familiar from one of these trees. And there we go. So that is what I did. And surprise, it was the other guy's tree. And uh yeah, then I connected with two extraordinarily cool half-sisters and did a DNA kit comparison thing with one of them. And lo and behold, she's my half-sister. So it's so bananas. Yeah, there we go. So I got in touch with my dad and I'd met him a couple times before. I like I showed up in his doorstep when I was 18 and I was like, I think you might be my dad. And he was like, you're so lovely, but not necessarily. And I just kind of dropped it. It was too much. Um, Did that again when I was like I don't know, 22 or something. Dropped it. It was too much. <laughs> And, but now I knew, like, it wasn't, you know, me showing up and saying, I don't know, it could be you. Like, I knew now. So I approached him one more time. Third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. And I mean, you know, man, my dad, he is one of those people where you, he's Frank Gallagher. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you know, you know. He's Frank Gallagher. I don't feel like anyone who has ever known him would disagree that in the bad ways, he's Frank Gallagher. And in the good ways, he's Frank Gallagher. <laughs> and there are a couple good ways for Frank Gallagher. Um, but, you know, if if someone were eulogizing him, they would say he was a character, all right. He was very smart. <laughs> and, uh, you know, do with that what you will. So, yeah, four years ago, we got things off the ground as far as building a relationship And, you know, it's complicated because he's Frank Gallagher, but he was pretty old at this point and not in very good health. And, you know, the level of relationship was kind of up and down over the years. And we got a bit closer in the last year. Um, He was on hospice. He had a bunch of different kinds of cancer. And, you know, my relationship with him is complicated. Like, it's not what you think of when you think of a father-daughter relationship. He's a very, very, very interesting guy. And there was definitely a level of mutual respect and um sort of intellectual connection almost at the risk of being pretentious mm-hmm. um it was very very smart very very interesting and i am really glad that i got to know him i'm glad you had that opportunity too so i got two extremely cool sisters out of it one extremely cool brother um couple other siblings that might not be quite as cool or at the very (laughs) least i don't know them um and i suspect there's a reason but yeah he he was an interesting guy he was a character and um in the last few months i've been there a lot you know it, it was clear that the end was coming and there were a lot of interesting conversations and then it got clearer that like the end was coming. Like, you know, with hospice, I feel like there's kind of two stages. There's like the, you're on hospice, the end is coming stage. And then there's like the the end is coming like any day now stage. Yeah. And it that's that's something that's really, it's, you don't really prepare for it. It's like a light switch. It's really weird. Like both my parents, it was the same. It was just uh, this is going downhill pretty quick. And then it's like, oh, here we are. Yeah. Like, you probably got a couple days left. 
Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and I mean, it, it went from, you know, I, I would see him periodically when I was in town because he lived an hour away. And then it was, I'm seeing him almost every weekend. And then it was, I'll see you again tomorrow right. <laughs> kind of thing. Um, you know, there was a lot of bedside sitting, hand holding, and my brother carried an unbelievable weight in caring for him in his last days, did just the most phenomenal job you can possibly imagine. And I've learned a lot about Grace from him. He's my younger brother, but I have learned a lot from him with this. And yeah, I mean, it was complicated because there were other other people in the family who had a much closer relationship, other people in the family who wanted absolutely nothing to do with him. So it was very complicated to feel like I had the space to do whatever grieving I needed to do for my own reasons and get my own closure and, you know, my own relationship with him. Very complicated. Life is messy. It's all messy. Um, but I am very glad that I spent that time. And on the last time that I saw him, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, we took two weeks off the first one. Uh, my grandmother had some health crises that I needed to be there for, needed to meet with her doctors and be in another city at a time that there was just no way around it. And, you know, my dad started declining. So we had to take that week off. And the next week we were about to record. I had seen him, uh, the Sunday. Yeah, and we were just last. like a couple hours out. Yeah. Yeah. I saw him Saturday and then I saw him again Sunday. I think that I knew that Sunday he, you know, he was very minimally responsive. He was really kind of past talking other than maybe, you know, a couple whispered words, but it was mostly hand squeezes, um, very little awareness. And, you know, he had declined pretty fucking fast. It was slow until it was fast, right. <laughs> you know, yep. for a long time. It was like, yeah, it could be any day now. And then a week passed and then a month passed and then three months passed. Right. Um, but then it, when it went down, it went down really, really quick. And I was there and I kind of felt like it might be the last time and he was not really capable of talking and it was time for me to leave. Um, you know, I had to go home. I lived in another city and I said, dad, do you need anything? And he whispered just you. Yeah. And what the fuck do you do with that? <laughs> That was up there on the hardest things that I have done. And um, I thought, you know, I have so many people in my life, so many people who are aware of the situation and wonderfully, phenomenally supportive. I have so much support. I'm so fucking lucky. But in that moment, I was like, who, who can I talk to right now? <laughs> and it was you. It was me. Of course it was you. Aww. Who else am I going to go to with my complicated grief? So I messaged you and I was like, this complicated grief incoming. Um, What the fuck do I do? I can't just live here. I don't live here. Right. You know? right. Um, but how do you look at your dad? No, it might be the last time. And he says, just you and you leave. How do you do it? I, ha- I don't know. He has you. Yeah, all all I could keep thinking of was the line in the song in Hamilton, The World is Wide Enough, that says, teach me how to say goodbye. Oh, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> oh, I've cried so much. And uh, I messaged you, and you did. <laughs> you did. <laughs> I don't think anybody else could have. Um, but you told me that he needed to hear that it was okay. Um, 
you know, to go. And he, that I needed to basically tell him that and say, I got to go now. I love you and go. (laughs) And that's pretty much what I did. I told him I'm here. I love you. I'm glad you're my dad. I'm glad I got to know you. Everything is okay. It is okay. And I got to go now. I love you. And I left. I mean, I waited a while between the, you know, just you and the leaving. It was like two seconds later. I was <laughs> out blow the door, this popsicle but... <laughs> stand pops. I'm out. Tough nuggies, dad. No. <laughs> I did wait a while, but I mean, at some point, you know, I don't live there. I got to go. Yeah. So I did leave after that. And um, that was Sunday. And I believe it was Tuesday morning. Yeah. That we were set to record probably around 10 a.m. or so. And um, my phone rang at 7 a.m. and it was my brother. And there's really no reason for him to call me at 7 a.m. <laughs> so I knew as soon as I saw it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I had to had to jet out of here and go down to Indianapolis and be with them. And uh, so we got to postpone one more week. But yeah, you know, we have talked a lot about how this podcast is almost like a weird social experiment because when we started this we like legit did not know each other right i mean at just, all <laughs> no I, we talked on the phone i think once we heard each other's voice once once and then we started a podcast and we started, i mean we were yeah we were in like a really tight-knit mom group so we kind of knew of each other quite well um but i just got a bug at my butt that i wanted to start a podcast and i wanted to start it with you and your stranger <laughs> now we're like full-on family and you're stuck with yeah. me forever and I was just like, hmm, someone should start a disaster podcast with me for no reason whatsoever, other than to flush you out and not put you on the spot. And you were like in immediately. Um, but I mean, those first few episodes, it was like our, our first few phone calls with each right, other. Right. Like we did not know each other. And now here you are teaching me how to say goodbye. And I don't know. It, it, you know, we've, we've eaten up a lot of time at the top of the show. And I know some people love it. Some people hate it, but you know. Here we are. And uh, if we didn't talk about that, I just don't know what we're doing here. Yeah. Well, thank you, buddy. You're welcome. I'll always, always 1000% be here for you in any capacity. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping my mom can like stick around a little while longer. She's pretty young and pretty healthy. So (laughs) I just sent her a butthole picture. She's not going anywhere. Well, I mean, if that didn't take her out, nothing's going (laughs) to (laughs) So hopefully your services in this particular capacity won't be needed quite so soon. Yeah. Knock on everything. Hey, didn't we just do this before? Aren't you a superstitious yeah. person? Let's, yeah, let's not do that. I really am. Okay, I am. Stop. Fuck. I'm sorry, Mom. Yeah. So here we are. Here we and are. I was telling you also before this that I still had a little bit at the end of my episode to do before... We recorded that morning, Mm -hmm. but it was pretty much done. And this is feeling like one of those before after lines in your life. And I'm like reviewing this episode and I'm just like, huh, where's the story going? It's a fucking (laughs) fever dream. So much has happened. My brain brain has been wiped. It has been erased. That is the before time. I feel like I haven't recorded in three years. And uh, we're all listening to the episode together including me including you <laughs> including me <laughs> so yeah i i think it was a pretty 
decently sorted out episode to begin with, so I don't think it's going to be too much of a mess. But if I'm stumbling over anything, I'm fucking sorry. <laughs> you don't have to uh, apologize. You don't have to apologize. I'm going to, though. Um, Have you seen... Can we jump into this bracket? I would love to jump into this bracket. Um, Have you seen either of these movies? I have seen both of these movies. Thank you very much. Mel. Finally! The last <laughs> fucking pair on the bracket. You've seen them. Okay, so we have A Whole New World versus Touch the Sky. Okay. And by the way, I when I saw Brave, I rented it and watched it home and brought home takeout po' boys and beignets from our local Cajun place. So <sighs> that was a pleasant night. So, wow, that sounded dirty and I really didn't mean for it to. I'm just I'm hungry. sure my mm didn't help with that either. <laughs> that was a pleasant night. Not like that. <laughs> sure. Anyway. No. Touching so, something. Oh, my God. And it's not the sky. No, 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 no. No. I don't think it was that kind of pleasant night. Anyway. Yes, I have seen both of these movies. I am pretty fond of both of these movies. So in terms of just like which movie is my favorite, it is not a factor at all. So we've got a whole new world. Mm. It slaps, Melanie. It does slap. It slaps. It has held the fuck up. And I will tell you, it... mm. Okay, let's talk about Touch the Sky first, actually. It slaps, too. I but I have seen the movie, so and I'm not going to lie, I don't even remember it. You don't remember it? I don't remember it. I remember the movie, but I don't remember that specific song. But I listened to it, and I mean, I'll tell you, that song could have beat a lot of different things. That song could have been pretty successful in a bracket where it was not up against a whole new world. Mm. A whole new world has a real good chance of going to the end. I don't know. Really? It's It's got really decent odds. Tell me, princess, when did you last let your heart decide? Come the fuck on. That's romantic as shit. Actually, every line of it is. <laughs> every line of it. It's on my main playlist. I don't really have that much Disney on my main playlist, but it is. I could listen to that song on repeat for like two hours before I would ever get tired of it. Okay. Okay. So... <laughs> No disrespect to Touch the Sky, because it is also a fucking bop. But, it, yeah, it's got to be a whole new world. Well, that one's easy. You're the boss, so there I'm we the go. I, I, I've i I've gotten some things for the basket. We haven't even really talked about the basket. But I, I have gotten some things for the basket, and I like it. I feel like there should be some <laughs> job. That is like a basket putter together, and I feel like you should have it. <laughs> Which I mean, I guess technically, technically there is, and you do, but I just feel like you, fuck. I mean, you are such a legendary gift giver. This is such, I, I love, I love that about you. You just find the most perfect things. And like when we started this bracket, it was my idea, and I was just kind of like, this is going to be kind of an uninspired box though i mean i'm sure melanie can do something with it but like ooh, disney shit you know sure cool no you have found the most egregiously cool shit 
<laughs> it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I'm like, what? I mean, where can we go with this? I like, love gift giving. There's so much tacky Disney shit in the world. I'm sorry, Disney people. Oh, but there is. There's, there's a ton. Trust me. Yeah. But like, we have a brand. <laughs> it's, it's cool. <laughs> so I'm like, how, uh, how, I don't know. We I put my faith in you and you always deliver. We only have two weeks left of this bracket. Did you know that? Holy shit. So next no. week we have. I don't know anything. I don't even know the content of my own episode. <laughs> Do you think I know that? <laughs> yeah, we have our final four next week. And then the week after that um, will be the final two in the winter. So with that said, we probably should start thinking about what we're doing on the next bracket too. So if y'all have ideas, I hope we can get, yeah, I would love to. I feel like I think we've thought of all of them so far, haven't we? Uh, Florida Man was a suggestion. Okay, okay, and I mean that was good. So yeah, I would love to hear what people come up. So with. bring, love it, bring it. Um, we'll pick some of our favorites, and then I, I don't know. Let's maybe we'll have to let the Patreons decide. We'll pull in there. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah, I'm into it. Let's do it. I like Let's it. Let's do like it. it. It's gonna be lit. Should we get into this surprise episode? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's do it. What is this about? <laughs> what is this about? So I am doing a fun thing, and I think I'm going to be doing it for a while, where I am um, making a master list of certain things, uh, disasters that I want to cover, and some of them are previous compilations that there is just enough material on that I could keep expanding and expanding and expanding. So if you guys want more, sure, I can do that. And I'm kind of organizing this in a different way. And I put a poll in Horrible Ghouls about what everybody wanted to hear next. Oh, I remember now. Yes. And it was very interesting to me because I'm always really conflicted because I feel like certain things do really well. I feel like they get a lot of feedback. They get a lot of um, interaction. Those are synonyms. Don't, <laughs> don't at me. <laughs> and I just feel like they, uh, they go over well. They're very popular. Again, synonyms. And, but I, you know, I second guess. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to overdo it. You know, like I did um, a couple cruise ship episodes and I was just like, I don't know. Do I do another cruise ship episode? Do the people want that? <laughs> do they want a non-compilation? Do they want something fresh? Do they want me to, you know, go back to an old time compilation and build on that some more? I don't know. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Instead of overthinking this, I'm just simply going to ask them and make a poll. So I put a poll in Horrible Ghouls and a revisiting of amusement park disasters won by a fucking landslide. Yeah, it's been a while. I'm craving it. <laughs> Apparently, so is everyone. I voted on that one. Did you? <laughs> I think I'm allowed to, right? You are. I, I, I think I, I voted on a couple of polls now within You're the our listener. Within, within our podcast. I think I've even voted on my own polls at some point. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I'm like, I'm speak my truth. Fair enough. Good for you. Well, yeah, it, it won by a fucking landslide. And I love it. I mean, honest to God, I could make this a whole podcast. I, I, I really could. And I would enjoy it. And I'm here to tell you there's enough content. <laughs> this could go on forever. This could be the Simpsons of topics if you people want it. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. Yeah. 
there there is no end and if i ever reach the end new ones will have happened they're happening all the time fuck yeah they are i don't know if that's a fuck yeah situation melody <laughs> no i'm like not like fuck yeah like in a good way like fuck yeah they fuck. are fuck yeah, they are <laughs> this is two kinds of fuck yeah i mean my cadence failed me on that one <laughs> so I really think that I'm going to keep doing this poll thing. And I'm really just kind of neutral, but fascinated to know if amusement parks are just going to keep winning or if we're going to get one or two more into this and they're going to be like, okay, that's enough amusement parks for now. Let's put it back on the shelf for another year. (laughs) Or if I'm going to be on a 15 episode stretch of amusement parks. I don't know. You guys tell me. And if you didn't vote because you're not in the group and you're listening and you're like, well, my vote doesn't count. What is this? The electoral college? No, it's a democracy. Get your ass over to horrible ghouls and vote. It's fine. So we are woke. (laughs) Woke. I was going to say going back to amusement parks, but sure. Why not? (laughs) sorry so we're going back to amusement parks and with the first one we are taking it back to the beginning when we first did amusement park compilations we were newbies we We were absolute newbies at podcasting at researching certainly and i was overwhelmed by the sheer volume and i remember i just kind of skimmed some stories that had enough meat on them that I wanted to cover off the top of the bottomless pool of these incidents that are available on the internet. But apparently, this is what the people want. It is what got us viral on TikTok. It's what brought in a lot of new listeners, probably you, whoever you are. And when I did the poll, it there was no competition at all. Okay, <laughs> like wait, I think wait. the next. Hmm? I, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to interrupt you for two seconds, or I'm gonna forget this. Okay. And since this is our diary, I need this to be documented. Okay, by all means, this is about your butthole. No, this is about your viral TikTok oh, no. about what bad shit can happen on a roller coaster or amusement mm-hmm. parks. Mm-hmm. And um, I. Decided just to go back and look at it and <laughs> I know this is. realize that, oh, you know, because I'm still learning the TikTok and I'm like, oh, that's probably a sound. I clicked on the sound and you, my dear, are now the sound of slime ASMR. I am so conflicted about that. Not just one creator, multiple creators has used I that have used that audio so weirded out <laughs> i am so weirded out by fingers. being a sound Ooh, i love it but at the same time if i have to be a sound there is nothing i would like more than to be a sound for slime squishing okay so, did you see the slime one that looked like poop though in cast iron no, skillets no. it was like no, two listen, cast iron skillets no. and it looked like um like they were taking poop from one no. and putting it in the other and Mm-mm. no i don't approve of that whoever you are delete that <laughs> <laughs> if you're a listener take it down don't send me the original oh, post no. it on our social god no i'll do i'll stitch it is that what you do duet it i don't yeah do you know how much i love slime mhm 
not poop Do you slime know about me. No, not poop slime. Is that a thing that is widely known? I mean, who like, doesn't feel, like slime? I don't know. I just I feel like everybody has like a if you're at the store and you want to bring me a little thing kind of thing. Like for most people, it's like their favorite candy or something. Like if you're at Target and you want to spend five dollars to tell me that you love me, slime, just slime. Like one of those little putty things, one of those little slime things. Because I always want them. I would be playing with slime every second of my life if I could. Do you like slime with prizes? Sure. Because there's the only kind of slime I don't like is like really thin, runny, sticky slime. They have a tub of slime at Walmart. I can't remember the off brand. They do like dinosaurs and trucks and stuff, but they have like a tub and it's filled with tiny dinosaurs and it's my favorite. I would love that. Like I'm real squirrely about that kind of thing. You know, people in my life will be like, oh, hey, I'm seeing you. And I was just at Walmart. I brought you your favorite drink. Or I brought you your favorite candy. And I'm like, thanks, please don't. <laughs> because I'm an awkward goblin. And I wish people wouldn't. So that maybe that's your pr- uneasy. That's that's the present for Brienne. Everybody use her sound and make <laughs> slime videos and I will send them yes. to her. Yeah, sure. Listen, but I don't want to listen to my own stupid voice. Oh, get over it. Your voice is I not just stupid. Want slime, but I always feel bad about wasting money on slime for myself. So that is the thing. That's that's the gas station thing. That is the gas station thing. Everybody has some shit that they would love for someone to grab at a gas station for them. What's your thing? Uh, state magnets. Can't tell me everyone doesn't have something off the top of their head, even if it's like a, you know, a basic gas station. For some people, it's like a fucking Snickers bar or something. Twizzlers, Everybody has Vienna yeah. sausages. <sighs> Melanie, okay. Which Twizzlers? God, the we're original. so in the weeds in this episode. I'm sorry, guys. Really? How do you feel about pull and peel? But, no, I hate them. I don't hate I a lot of things. Them. I can't do it. I'm just, How do you feel about chocolate Twizzlers? No, I'm a purist. Really? I don't want any little stringy string thing in my mouth that's not like original Twizzlers. But I bet if you were eating pull and peel Twizzlers, you would just bite it off, wouldn't you? You wouldn't pull it and you wouldn't peel it. Right. I'm not going to lie. I do the same thing. <laughs> but I also like, I don't know, like the original, because I, I like to use them as straws. I like to put them in a cherry Coke and sip away, you know? Okay. There's room in the world for both. No, there's not. They're they're really two completely different candies. Well, They taste completely different. Their texture is completely different. One of them is essentially a fidget toy. One of them is essentially a straw. No. Twizzlers is a brand that they shouldn't have branched out on. Like... If someone else wants to do a pull-in thing, that's fine. There's only one Twizzlers. I don't I don't know about that. Uh, Reese's has done a lot of shit. That's okay with me. I'm like okay with that. Like a Reese's cup and Reese's pieces are two totally different experiences. Yeah, but they're it's not the same cuz it's chocolate. I feel like this is I feel like you're wrong, but the people will let us know. They're, they'll tell me I'm wrong. I'm always wrong. Okay, let's get into this episode. I don't think so. I feel like people always (laughs) side with you. Okay. Anyway, it won by a fucking landslide. So here we are. So what I have done and the reason that an episode that is actually quite easy for me to um, research, I find these kinds of compilation episodes pretty easy as far as research goes, is I have spent a staggering amount of time in the past few weeks just 
organizing some of the lists that exist so I can come back to this chronological reference point whenever I want to do another amusement park disaster episode. Fancy. So for this one, we actually have to delve into the history of roller coasters because we are going all the way back to the first amusement park disaster I can personally find. Oh, shit. Yeah. How long do you think roller coasters have been a thing? Before airplanes. Shit, how long have airplanes been a thing? I should know this. As both an educated adult and a disaster podcaster. (laughs) Well, I'm one of those things. And you're listening to my podcast. So they have existed for a while. And there are different theories on the first roller coaster, so to speak. Apparently, there were some 80-foot special slides made out of ice built in Russia in the 1600s that may have been a predecessor to roller coasters. The Russian soldiers occupied Paris in the 1800s, and apparently amid all the drama, there was time for some bitchin' sledding that only Russians would have thought of, and somehow this led to the French pioneering modern roller coasters. Basically, they put wheels on a sled, and then they cut it loose on a closed loop, which sounds amazing, and I think we need to bring that back. Let's do it. Handmade DIY roller coasters. Absolutely. This is some action park shit. December 17th. Action park will eventually get its own episode. It's not getting crammed into a compilation. (laughs) Um, Your your airplane's December 17th, 1903. Okay. Well, you know, you're, you're in there. You're in the vicinity. I would say. So then in the 1850s, gravity railroads became a thing in mining, which is pretty much what it sounds like, where gravity pulls the cars down into the mine with an operator standing and applying the brakes as needed. I guess the operator was not, you know, evident in the phrasing, but the rest. And they're then pulled back up on the track empty with, you know, animal power or hydraulics or something, but gravity pulls them down while they're still heavy. So one mining company started selling rides to thrill seekers and a form of roller coaster called a scenic railway was invented. Hmm. They were gravity powered. They were on wooden tracks and they typically did have a guy riding along standing to operate the brakes, which sounds like a very fun job for you. (laughs) I could just see you doing that. (laughs) And like, I'm definitely picturing you in like an old timey, a uh, white button down, like tucked into some brown trousers. Can I have suspenders? suspenders? Oh, yes. yes, of course you have to, and like a big glued on mustache, <laughs> but like really obviously glued on. <laughs> All aboard! <laughs> it's a vibe. <laughs> so yeah, that's the job for you. And that's my Halloween costume this year. Oh please, I'll do it. Please, old timey, scenic mine roller coaster operator. Yeah, the brake guy. They call him brake man. Okay, I'm the so, brake man. Hell yes, you are the brake man. Now, have I looked into what they wear? Not at the fuck all. I just, Do- my heart knows. Doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. So, it was kind of like a closed circuit train, but it was just like a little crazy and fast by some, like, you know, it would have some mild by today's standards drop sometimes. I feel like scenic railways would probably be right up my alley since that's basically what I want in a ride, which is like a normal, boring thing that's just like a little bit scary. Like I would ride a ride that's basically an airplane with a lot of turbulence (laughs) and I would call it a thrill ride and I would love it and I would do it again (laughs) and again. (laughs) I love slightly scary transportation. (laughs) Not cars, though. Not at all. I like that to be very boring. There are only a handful of scenic railways as such left in the world. 
I watched a POV video of the second oldest continuously operating scenic railway coaster in the world to get a feel for how scary they were and exactly what the difference was between them and modern coasters. That particular one has been operating since 1912, and one of the commenters was wondering what it must have been like to experience that kind of speed in 1912, since it's so mild compared to modern rides, but it must have been like bananas then. Yeah, because we're desensitized. Right? I know. And I love it when I come into a comment section that's just so ridiculous. I have to quote the comments in my podcast episode. (laughs) And this is one. So one of the commenters said, LOL, this is easiest, the scariest roller coaster you will ever ride. No suspension. You can feel every bump and it feels like it might fall apart any second with an exclamation mark at the end. Someone else said, some say that the bumpiness is actually the sensation of time traveling back to 1912. (laughs) And someone else that I am slightly concerned about said, I went on this for an excursion and it's now my favorite coaster of all time. (laughs) Not because of the drops in the tunnels, but the fact that it's over a hundred years old and is composed of wood. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's why. Well, hey, they don't build them like they used to. Yeah. Thank God. One of the earliest iterations of the Scenic Railway Coaster was installed in Dorney Park in 1905. Does the name Dorney Park ring a bell for this podcast? Any eagle-eyed listeners? Oh, gosh, I should know this. I wouldn't know this. If it were someone else's comp, someone else, like we have a rotating door of hosts. If it was your compilation, that would probably not ring a bell. But I did spend a shit ton of time digging into this particular one two years ago. So it rings a bell for me. It is the same park where 14 year old Daniel Maricalo would die- would drown in 1994. Mm-hmm. That is that the one with that. the teachers? Um, That is the one where they yeah like no one knew for a long for a time. long time yeah and i then remember he got found by like i think a, a pool repairman or something yes i and remember the lifeguards that. were just fucking around yeah so it is the same park 90 years earlier almost i don't think that ride was exactly thriving for very long at all but within six years of its opening it was problematic as fuck Around late August of 1911, the train derailed due to the track itself rotting, jumping the track and injuring two people. Mm. But if there's one reality that has stood the test of time, it is that nobody cares. (laughs) Nobody fucking cares. (laughs) They just get right back on. They don't fucking care. Are your elevator cables 78 years overdue to be serviced? Nobody cares. No one cares. Has your zoo's inadequate lion enclosure led to the deaths of several tourists? It's okay. Nobody cares. Is something in your commercial jet sparking every time you turn it on? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Is your roller coaster track disintegrating before your very eyes? Honestly, nobody cares. It's fine. Until it's not. That's a problem for the future. But the future didn't take long to arrive this time. Neither did that car. The future did not take long to arrive this time because just a week or so later, on September 4th, several people loaded into a car at the Dorney Park Scenic Railway. This particular ride included tunnels, and despite the known structural issues, on this day the track was packed with cars. One car was operated by Henry Benner 
again, picture you in your suspenders with your glue on mustache. Welcome aboard! Yes, that's you. You're Henry. And as it exited a tunnel, the roof hit, quote, an obstruction. And I really want to know what the fuck that was so bad, because there should not be an obstruction there. And I would love to know what it is, but could not find that anywhere. The roof collapsed, and the passengers who were listeners of our show already knew that they should go ahead and panic. Mm. So Harry, the operator, again, that's you, stopped his car as soon as they came to the bottom of the drop outside the tunnel. But the car behind him, operated by George Nagel, which is me in a mustache and suspenders, <laughs> did not have time to do the same and smashed into the back of the first car, ejecting passengers from both cars onto the tracks and surrounding areas. Mm. The Pennsylvania's The Morning Call newspaper reports the most wonderfully 1912 disaster response, saying, quote, A telephone message to the home of Dr. Thomas Weber, North 8th Street, this city, brought him to the scene as fast as his automobile could take him. (laughs) Which, if you're wondering, would have been about 20 miles per hour in 1912. It was fast back then. (laughs) Yeah, it was real fast. (laughs) Probably about as fast as that roller coaster, really. (laughs) He arrived to find one woman bleeding profusely from a large scalp wound after having been thrown and landed on her head. Another man with a broken nose, two with badly injured legs, a woman and her son with head injuries, a woman with an injured foot, a man with an injured arm, and several others with more minor injuries. But, again, what lesson have we learned? Nothing. Nobody cares. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Can't even get the basics. (laughs) Nobody cares, Melanie. We've been doing this almost two years. How do you not have this down? I'm just a break man. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> you give me a break. You're the break fan. <laughs> Don't pay me enough for this shit. Apparently not. Stay with us. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, The Capricorner. I am Lynn. And I am Destiny. And we are two Capricorns destined to meet and linked by the same birthday. On our lifestyle podcast, you'll hear about dating, relationships, pop culture, and psychology, Capricorn style, of course. We highlight our different upbringings and life experiences and compare our thoughts on questionable subjects. So get ready for a challenge to your mental fitness and copious controversy. Listen for new episodes on Tuesdays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or click the link in the description. stayed open <laughs> and the following year did i lose I had... my job no you've lost your job because it's your fault is it no i mean it was, it was you rammed into my ass it was the park's fault really was it <laughs> rammed into your ass <laughs> there's so much i could say <laughs> there's a joke about your butthole here and i'm not making it okay let's move on okay I'm proud we're of recording super late by the way sorry they're not listening super late. What are you sorry for? I'm just trying to, oh, come, the slap up, happy? Trying to come up with some excuses. This is just who we are. <laughs> you are so deep into this podcast already. If you don't know this, I don't know what to tell you. 
Nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. No, nobody cares. So the following year, it did have another incident, although this one wasn't really the park's fault, but rather, according to the morning call, quote, a merry lark that went wrong. A what? A merry lark. All right. I love that phrase. Our whole podcast was a merry lark. Mm-hmm. We started it on a merry lark, but it didn't go the way it did here <laughs> um when three teenage girls edna cora and blanche oh set out, i love them. i know oh, <laughs> my heart i know they set out with a young man named elmer to ride the scenic railway their first go around went great so they went again this time elmer's dumbass stood up as they came out of the tunnel although quote the whole party was fooling which, to be fair, is my goal for my next party. So maybe, but maybe it shouldn't be after this. Because <laughs> Elmer lost his balance, went over the side, grabbing Edna and Cora and pulling them over with him. <gasps> right? No, no. you're Calm down, Elmer. <laughs> wow. I mean, I don't know why I'm saying calm down to someone who's falling off of a roller coaster, but like, really? Mm-mm-mm. So the loss of stability to the car also pulled Blanche out with them. Of course, Elmer landed safely, but Edna and Cora hit posts on their way down and were severely injured with both head injuries and internal injuries. When people reached them, their clothes were completely saturated with blood. (sighs) Blanche was not injured badly. A city employee named Ed just happened to have, quote, his machine there with him at the park. It took me a little digging to clarify that that was indeed an ambulance. I mean, I figured because like, Surely, but what an odd way of phrasing it. Mm -hmm. Happened to have his machine with him, so he rushed the girls to the hospital where they appear to have remained in serious condition for a while, but they did, I think, eventually recover. And I hope Elmer felt bad. Well, yeah, I hope he did, too. I do. I'm sure he did. I hope he felt bad. I mean, I, I don't know that I hope he was, like, you know, tortured by guilt for the rest of his life or anything, but I hope he felt real damn bad. So the railway was demolished two years later. And three years after that, someone named Mr. Plar took out an advertisement in a newspaper offering 15,000 feet of floorboarding from the Dorney Park Scenic Railway. So maybe part of the ride is living on in the original flooring of some historic home in Pennsylvania. Oh, my God. See, that's the shit I want. I, I love that stuff. A roller coaster floor or that kind of detail? Both. But the... Right? But, <laughs> no, like just the... I don't know, like the bricks of something that's been taken down. Um, Absolutely. I want all that stuff. Yeah. Send it to me. And you deserve it. I will. I mean, I got my little Corvette sinkhole dirt upstairs. (laughs) Yeah. If I um, find some building materials from a horrific tragedy, I will send it to you. Thank you. You're welcome. I love you. So... We don't have to travel far for our next incident because it was also a dirty park. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They're going to sue you, man. I know. And it's, I don't think that they're actually that disproportionately represented, but they were at the time because there were only so many amusement parks at the time. Right. <laughs> this coaster was simply known as the coaster. It opened there in 1924 and it enjoyed two good years with no horrific tragedies. Until July 24th, 1926. This was the day that 16-year-old Beatrice was going to Dorney Park. Beatrice was one of four children, 
with sisters named Dorothy and Ethel and a brother named David. Mm. There's a lot of old-timey names. I love the old-timey. Just for you I in this episode. So I know, they're here for you. Beatrice had just started her first job, and you're going to love this, at the Fifth Avenue Corset Company. <gasps> right? As a sales girl who went to women's homes and sold them corsets. That was like their whole thing. They, you didn't have to go in. A sales girl would come to your house and like fit you and stuff. Oh, I wish we had that now. I know, right? I just, I can't get out. I want to get sized for a bra. I mean, my boobs hang down to my knees these days. I don't want to go somewhere. I mean, brick and mortar stores are like few and far between. I just think it would be nice. I think it would be nice if someone would come in here, measure me. I'm not loading up five kids. It's too hard. I would take advantage of that service. Maybe for a corset, maybe not. I mean, I would like it just for a bra, but listen, if you want to come to my house and sell me a corset, I'm probably going to buy one. Yes. Have you seen those um, on TikTok, the girl that does the porcelain ones? I mean, they're not. I think we have very different TikTok algorithms. They're not practical, but they're (laughs) fucking insanely gorgeous. I can't imagine that a porcelain corset would be practical, but I would like to see it. My algorithm's very weird. Well, I mean, that tracks. (laughs) Mine is a lot of um, weird crafts and stand-up comedy. And I would like to get more stand-up comedy. I'm really just here for the stand-up comedy on TikTok. So if you have recommendations, feel free to give them to me. Yeah. Mine's all like weird chin stuff, kink stuff, and... Really? You're on Kink Talk? I cannot get to Kink Talk no matter what I've, I do. I've been trying. I've somehow for years. managed to get on Kink Talk since. Listen, the algorithm knows what you need. It knows. It knows. It knows. It knows. All right. So we are not the only ones who appreciate this service because Beatrice was very popular. I think she was liked at work. She had a huge circle of friends. And on this day, she boarded the wooden out-and-back coaster with one of her sisters as her seatmate at 8 p.m. that July night. The ride started and went down its first drop of around 65 feet without incident. As they crested the hill for the second drop, the wind ruffled Beatrice's dress and rumpled it up in her lap. She rose slightly from her seat as they went over the second 40-foot drop, straightening her dress lost her balance, and flew out of her seat. Oh, yeah. Landing on the ground where, according to the morning call, quote, she struck the ground with terrific force among a bunch of people eating picnics, fracturing her skull. Oh, no. Yeah. Her sister went to her side when she landed on the ground, and one article said that her sister, quote, was prostrated. An ambulance came, but according to one article, death had ensued en route. Oh. As an aside, look up 1920s ambulances. They are really something. Let me see this. Stay with us. We'll be right back. In space, no one can hear you scream. Unless you have a podcast. It's Space Castle! Join three nerds, I'm DT, I'm Alex, and I'm Seth, as they hurtle through space, debating movies, books, games, and answering your pop culture questions, all to maintain their own sanity. Space Castle, 
your clubhouse and ours for all things nerdy. Available wherever pods are casted. I mean, they're not, you know, I don't know what I mean by that, but they're, I just feel like they're worth looking at. Oh, wow. Yeah, right? I was just like, whatever they look like, it's going to be interesting. There's no way that a 1920s ambulance couldn't be interesting. It's just, it's bound to be. It's kind of it giving me hearse vibes. Yeah, I could see it for sure. Like if yeah, a Jeep. I mean, in this case. It's like a Jeep and a hearse had a baby. That's what this would be yeah. to me. A very stylish um, flapper era baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what it was. So five days later, the morning call ran an article with the headline, Victim of Accident Consigned to Grave. Oh. Right? What phrasing? Let's get back to this. I'll say it over and over and over again. I know. Journalism sucks these days. <laughs> yes. Her funeral was attended by her family and friends, her Sunday school class, co-workers from the corset company, and Brotherhood of Railway Trainmen that her dad was a part of. It does appear that her parents sued and were awarded some sort of damages four years later. The ride continued to operate under the name The Coaster until Dorney Park got a second roller coaster in 1989, and the name was changed to Thunderhawk, which remains to this day one of the oldest still operating roller coasters in the world. Oh, shit. It's still going. Uh-huh. It is still going. And the oldest in all of the Cedar Parks chains. Would you ride it? No. <laughs> Not because of that. Just no. <laughs> It has only had one incident, though, since Beatrice's death, when two cars collided due to operator error in 1990, which injured 17. I'd try it. I mean, I just... That's a good track record. Get it? It is a good track, track. record. I would not write it because of that. I just... Oh, my God. You should be ashamed of that. I just... But also proud. <laughs> I just don't really want to ride a roller coaster, so... <sighs> I love roller coasters. It's been so long. I'm riding yeah. one this summer. Do it. I'm going to. Do you have any thoughts on which? So I can make sure to include something about it next episode? No, I'll figure it out. I'm one step at a time on vacation planning. Right now, I'm trying to book a spa date for me and Aunt Carolyn and Aunt Veda next month. That's so fucking Like a hot springs spa date. here I am saying that for it about it. What is wrong with me? Oh, okay. But yeah, do you want to like look up hot spring stuff? I bet there's like amoebas or something in there. Oh, God. There's got to be amoebas. Absolutely. You ready for our next tale? Yes, ma'am. All right. It is a short one, but it is an interesting one. A little over a thousand miles away from Dorney Park and four years later, Omaha, Nebraska had the sweetest little amusement park you can think of. It was called... Okay. Here's the question. K-R-U-G. How would you pronounce that? Krug. Krug? It's Krug in my head, so it's Krug in this podcast. I don't know. If it's not, someone tell me. It was called, maybe, Krug Park, and it had been founded 35 years ago in 1895. It was advertised as a polite resort, and understandably so. (laughs) It featured a beer garden, dancers, a hot air balloon, an ice cream parlor, a trapeze artist, a tunnel of love, and a waterfall. What's a tunnel of love? Are you kidding me? No. It's like, 
it's that thing where it's like boats go through a tunnel and you make out in there. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. It's the whole thing. I'm going to start calling my vagina the tunnel of love. Were you not already? No. I'm shocked by you. (laughs) (laughs) Not shocked that you would. Shocked that you hadn't already. They apparently held something called dance marathons, where couples danced until they physically could not anymore, which was apparently a thing in the 20s and 30s. Yes, it's awesome. I believe there's a Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode that did that. Really? I believe so. Wow. That sounds terrible. It also featured a roller coaster called the Big Dipper. And the park's history wasn't completely free of tragedy, even at the point of the story that we are talking about. The Big Dipper's manager died by suicide, and they named the front car after him. On, yeah, I don't know about that. (laughs) I mean, it's sweet, and I definitely appreciate the fact that even in, you know, this era... that they were kind of honoring someone who had died by suicide because I feel like there was and still is, but definitely then there was a lot of shame about it. So I think it's great that they did that. But on the other hand, like that's really ominous. Yeah. uh, That's like terribly ominous (laughs) for a roller coaster car. (laughs) I don't know. Well, I don't like it anyway. I don't either. (laughs) I, I like the intention. I just superstitiously think it's a very bad idea. So, on July 24th, the same day of the year that Beatrice died in our last story, Krug Park was hosting a free day for kids, and the place was packed with local children and teens. Mm. At 6 p.m., the Big Dipper crested a hill with cars full of kids and other park patrons, and as it did... My personal amusement park worst fear came true. A bolt in the car simply came out. Uh And it sounds like it had probably just been slowly loosening for years. No. Yeah. We've done Uh that a couple times. I don't like that. Yeah. And this was just finally that run where gravity and friction and time completed their work and that freaks me the fuck out so bad like holiday world has these um flying eagles i don't i haven't been to enough amusement parks to know if that's like a common thing but you know it goes up you get an eagle and it's on like a chain and it gets up and then it spins and like it flies out you know kind of flat Mm -hmm. but you can turn the wings to make it go up or down a bit and I don't know, whenever I get in those flying eagles, I just look up at, you know, whatever is holding it onto the chain. And I'm just like, does somebody check this? Right? <laughs> this specifically? I mean, surely somebody does. I hope. I don't know. Because <laughs> there's always a bolt that just looks a little sketchy on those things. And I'm always just sitting up in the air waiting for the ride to start looking at it, being like, what if today's the day? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody fucking cares. There's your answer. It probably is about to fall out. It's always about to fall out. So it fell out anyway here. And the roller coaster derailed on the hill and plowed through the guardrail, taking four cars holding more than 20 people to the ground with it. Wow. Yeah. One local described people hanging by their hair. <gasps> oh! I could have done without that one. That's right there with the funny hop. Yeah. No. I know. And I actually found like this whole 
essay like this had to be maybe a thesis project for someone um, it said but i didn't look it'll be in the links um that was basically about the decimation of information and like how word spread mm-hmm. and they they interviewed a bunch of people in this town years later and you know tried to figure out what their perceptions of this disaster were and where they got them and where that originated from and just kind of track how the information about it spread through the community. And there is some ambiguity on whether people were hanging by their hair or whether this is just people being colorful. And it's like, well, maybe it was, but on the other hand, maybe that was just too graphic for the newspapers. Right. So, you know, I think it came up more than once if I remember correctly, which it's in the links. Four people were killed when they hit the ground. Ruth Farrell, C.H. Stout, Tony Politica, and Gladys Lundgren. Two women in the accident were wearing the exact same dress, and one lived and one died. Oh, wow. Can you imagine no. how surreal it would be to look at a dead body wearing the same outfit you were wearing that very moment? No, that's no bananas. That's, that's a head fuck. And the city was absolutely the fuck not having this again. They had enjoyed Krug Park while it lasted, but in 1930, this was the worst roller coaster disaster to ever happen in America. And the mayor immediately called for a complete ban on roller coasters in Nebraska and actually succeeded. He fucking cared. Someone cared. He cared. Somebody cared. And maybe he overcorrected just a little. Maybe we could have, <laughs> you know, regulated them a little bit more or required some maintenance. I don't know. He's like, get the fuck out of here with this. <laughs> yeah. No, he, it, it was fucking over. So the, their grand ballroom burned down in 1932. And he was like, no more and- dancing. dance marathons enough (laughs) and the park struggled to rebound from national economic difficulties on top of the losses that they had had at the park of the 30s and the big dipper was dismantled and the entire park closed down when the big dipper was torn down Mm. and it transitioned into like a park park in 1955 and the site of the accident is beautiful foliage now Yes, because I know you love a memorial site. I do. It's like your thing. It is. You always cover memorial sites. There should be... Next. Never mind. That's mm-hmm. probably way too weird. Say it. I'll cut it if it's too weird. Maybe. This is I, right up there with another thing I thought that is definitely too weird. Uh, a coffee table book of just memorials. Yeah, that's pretty weird. Yeah. But um, there's a market for it. It's you. It's me. It's you. I respect that. You exist. You're valid. Are you ready to move on? Yes. Next, we are going to Disneyland. Here we go. Here we go. go. Here we go getting sued. I still can't believe the mouse hasn't sued us at some point. Picture it. Summer of 1955. Walt Disney's years germinating dream of a branded amusement park was finally coming to fruition. And California was in a frenzy over the event. They hosted a preview event the day before the grand opening, only open to media and VIP specially invited guests. But people were so desperate to get in on the action that well over 10,000 people got in with fake tickets or just flat out scaling the fences. Mm. That is so many. Because there were only 25,000 people there. Half of them got in sketchily. Have you have you broken into anything? Have I broken into anything? Like, have you, like, <laughs> gone to, like, 
the side door of a movie theater and snuck in? Have you snuck in a concert? Have you ever no, been I've, somewhere where you I'm weren't a, supposed to go? Yes, but not somewhere that I was supposed to be paying to go. No judgment. Like, existence is a fucking myth. Do what you want to do. But no, I am a You're a role follower. I'm a kiss ass and a baby. Um, I have snuck into some abandoned buildings that I was probably not supposed to be in. Yeah. But so like I've been places no one was supposed to be at, but I haven't been places I was fine to be at. I just wasn't paying to be there. Gotcha. <laughs> have you? I know you have. Well, the abandoned thing. Yes, I did that pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. Yes, I have. I've I've snuck into some concerts. I snuck into a, a, a dog race once. <laughs> Uh, a dog race okay like a greyhound race right um i would if i had a bad influence friend to take me yeah all these things is i was never my idea really i see i would have pegged you for the bad influence friend no i'm a follower just not a rule follower i'm just people follower (laughs) (laughs) you know i might be the same actually because i do feel like if i got peer pressured into it i would do it and i would probably like it I I, i like spontaneity i like to have a good time and you know, if I'm once upon a time, if I was drunk enough, then <laughs> let's go. Let's sneak Just, into something together. Someday. Yeah. I'll wear my mustache and my suspenders and nobody <laughs> will recognize me. <laughs> we just got to go in disguise. Okay. But can we both wear the same disguise? Can we both be breaking? <laughs> Only if I can sit on your shoulders and we add a trench coat. <laughs> okay. Sure. Why not? <laughs> I'll tell you, there's more Breakman in this story, oh, okay. so let's get to it. Let's go. Okay, I know how you love a Breakman. So, preview day was such a clusterfuck. The description, and I never, I try to never do this, but the description has to just be read directly from Wikipedia. I probably do do this, but I do really try not to. Because there is no way to retell this shit, and you can't leave anything out. Like, I started reading this, and I'm like, let me just, like, pull the highlights out of this and just, you know, kind of make the point that it was a clusterfuck, and I'm like... It's all highlights. I can't pull shit out of this. I'm just going to have to read it. So it's kind of long, but it definitely sets the scene. Here we go. Quote, The special Sunday events, including the dedication, were televised nationwide and anchored by three of Walt Disney's friends from Hollywood, Art Linkletter, Bob Cummings, and Ronald Reagan. ABC broadcast Just a couple buddies. Just a couple buddies. Just men being friends. ABC broadcast the event live, during which many guests tripped over the television camera cables. In Frontierland, a camera caught Cummings kissing a dancer. (gasps) Scandal. Scandal. When Disney started to read the plaque for Tomorrowland, he read partway, then stopped when a technician off-camera said something to him, and after realizing he was on air, said, I thought I got a signal, and began the dedication from the start. At one point, while in Fantasyland, Linkletter tried to give coverage to Cummings, who was on the pirate ship. He was not ready, and tried to give the coverage back to Linkletter, who had lost his microphone. <laughs> Cummings then did a play-by-play of trying to find it in Mr. Toad's wild ride. <laughs> Traffic was delayed on the Tulane Harbor Boulevard. Famous figures who were scheduled to show up every two hours showed up all at once. The temperature was an unusually high 101 degrees Fahrenheit, Oof. and because of a local plumber strike, Disney was given the choice of having working drinking fountains or running toilets. He chose the latter, leaving many drinking fountains dry. This generated negative publicity since Pepsi sponsored the park's opening. Disappointed guests believed that inoperable fountains were a cynical way to sell soda, while other vendors ran out of food. 
The asphalt that had been poured that morning was soft enough to let women's high-heeled shoes sink into it. No! Yeah. (laughs) So next time you feel like a fuck-up, remember, the day would come to be referred to as Black Friday by Walt Disney himself. Are you serious? So serious. I wonder if in their head they're like, no one will remember this, so we just gotta get through it. I don't know. I I don't think so, because I didn't include this, but in, you know, my own fashion, I'm just going to go ahead and mention it anyway. They ended up inviting people back for a do-over, like, the next day. Oh, it was I lo- so I'm, bad. I'm queen do- do-over. I love a do-over. <laughs> I will redo, do-over. Okay. I'm not mad about it. No. We re-recorded our first episode. We did. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, Walt Disney and, you know, the executives who worked there then would refer to this day as Black Friday. And although we all know that the amusement park and franchise have far more than rebounded from that abysmal first day, the first week of operations was not done being a shit show yet. As in our first story in this episode, there is a train with a brake man who stands to manually apply the brakes as needed. It's not an early roller coaster in this case, but the train that still runs on Main Street USA. Only at this point, there were two parallel tracks with trains that went opposite directions. The park had been open for less than a week, and the brake man, this one's you also, I think, was young and he was stressed out and he fucked up the braking. Why is that me? I'm the because opposite of all that. No, you I'm just have... easy going and old. <laughs> old and calm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just feel like I am casting you in the recurring role as almost every break man. Okay. I'll still I'll, okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. I figured you would go for that. Well, he fucked up the braking. There was a freight train and a passenger train. Okay. So the passenger train was idling at the station. And the freight train was approaching and it would need to go around it. So the brake man set the track so that the freight train would just divert around the passenger train. But he re-diverted it back to the previous position too soon, before the 10,000-pound caboose had actually made it onto the correct Mm-mm. track, derailing the caboose and sliding it into the busy walkway. 10,000-pound <laughs> caboose. One. I love the word caboose. I knew you were going to say that. Two, were there people standing there? There were. Oh. Um, miraculously, they were not hurt. I guess they'd skedaddled quick enough, and I think there was like a concrete wall that um, prevented some damage. But it, it derailed its ass right into the walkway. And yeah, other than the whole saga of the opening of the you know park itself which just had to be included there's not a lot to the story like i said nobody was hurt but i included it for one reason and that is because the brake man stepped off of his train car he went to his locker he collected his belongings and he walked the fuck out of the park (laughs) that is me with a guest who had seen the event yelling that's one thrilling ride you've got here after him as he left he (laughs) never came back he was never identified and he was never seen again (laughs) wow yeah 
up. So everyone was fine. There was no serious damage. Um, but someone probably somewhere has a grandfather who derailed a train and just pieced the fuck out in Disneyland's first week. Oh, please and be a listener. Please be a listener. Who, like, whose grandpa listen, is it? Let us know. We don't pay for interviews, but I would pay top dollar for that one. I would do anything. <laughs> yeah. Almost anything. I, I would do some shady shit for that interview. That man walked out of Disneyland and lived out the rest of his life in anonymity. And I, I, I would do some stuff to find out who he is. Did he talk about it? Like, did he tell his family? Oh, I bet he did. I, I'm thinking, I mean, but what if he didn't? What if he just took it to his fucking grave? <laughs> no, no, no. I feel like you'd have to say something like, let me tell you about the time I fucked this shit up and got away with it. Because this time's going to pass. People are going to forget about this. And then you're gonna, but I am and then so cool... fascinated by people who take big secrets to their grave. I could never. I can't even take it to my bed. Like, it's, <laughs> it's done by the end of the day. I mean, like, if somebody else tells me their business, I'm most likely not telling anybody else. But... I mean, if I have a secret, yeah, fuck the grave. It's it's done. <laughs> I can't have any secrets. Secrets are fun. Oh, I agree. My heart is an ocean of secrets, but it's an ocean that everyone I know is fucking swimming in. That's kind of gross. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> you're in there, too. What I, what I hear today, oh, I saw TikTok where she goes, your bones are wet. Ew. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't receive that. No. Your bones are wet. They're wet right now. My bones are dry. No, they're not. Your No, they are. Your bones. They have a they have a protective mm. layer of air between them and moisture. Oh, your bones are wet. No. You know have you ever used that stuff, that Rustoleum spray, that waterproof stuff? Yeah. It's cool. And then you can just put something on it and it just rolls right off. I have actually taken all my bones out and put that on them and put them back. <laughs> So, no, actually, but nice try. Everybody else, your bones are wet. Everybody else, not me. They call me dry bones, and that's why. (laughs) (laughs) That's your break man name. Uh Oh, dry bones. Yes, yes. It's yours, though. We got to work on this. Wet bones. bones. (laughs) (laughs) Dry bones and wet bones, right again. Yep. All right. You ready for our last one of the night? Yeah. Okay. But I mean, if the people speak, there could be way more in the future. I'll speak. I'll I'll raise my hand first. Okay. So four years after Disneyland's disastrous start, Matterhorn bobsleds were installed. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Officially speaking, if you're not familiar, the bobsleds are technically a roller coaster, although they're not necessarily so much what we think of when we think of a roller coaster. It is, again, it's the kind that I desperately wish existed in more places for people like myself who just love the hell out of a pretty mild thrill ride. Mm -hmm. Like, I want the thrill, but I'm a wuss. It just doesn't take a lot to give me the thrill. I want to feel scared, but, like, the things that might mildly scare somebody like you will scare the shit out of me, so I just need something real chill. And there's just not that much. There's really not. It's all about breaking records and high speeds and insane drops. Reviews call Matterhorn more exciting than scary. And watching POV videos, it looks like something that would give me a few stomach drop moments without actually making me pee my pants, which is the dream. I've been on Matterhorn. Have you? Okay, tell me, is that true? It's kind of boring, to be honest with you. Okay, so I would love it. It would be perfect for me. It would scare the shit out of me, but in a good way. 
Like, you know, you know, the kids roller coasters that like carnivals tend to have that it's just, it's a a slightly up and down circular track, basically. Yeah. But you can ride it with your kids. Scares the shit out of me, but in a fun way. So that's the standard for me. (laughs) (laughs) There are, did you know that people have died on Matterhorn? Yeah. I knew you would. Well, there's. Not everyone does. I'll tell you something afterwards. Okay. Well, I want to know. It might have to do with our bracket prize oh okay i'm intrigued okay yeah this is a very disney heavy episode i just realized that between disasters and the bracket we've got a lot of disney in here anyway we're getting sued for this somehow i don't know how so there are two tracks and the cars run around and through what looks like a mountain and it seems like the scariest parts are probably some twisty parts where you go a little bit sideways and just the height at its tallest point it is 80 feet high and if I'm just, like, wrong about any details of this ride, feel free to tell me, because I don't know. I've never <laughs> been on it. It was an exciting attraction when it made its debut four years into the park's run. It was an exciting attraction when it made its debut four years into the park's run, but it would ultimately be the ride that would put the first, but far from the last, major stain on the park's history. In 1964, despite the derailed train on week one, Disneyland had enjoyed nine years without any fatalities to scare away the public. Matterhorn itself had enjoyed five years of unproblematic operations until Mark Maples came along one May. The 15-year-old was ready for a day of fun. He was more than ready. He was a middle child in a stair-step family with 13 17-year-old brothers And this was his day to cut loose with some buddies from school. Mark had been grounded for weeks, but he was finally a free man. And 25 miles from his family home in Long Beach, California, Disneyland was hosting an after-hours event. After probably hours of enjoyment, Mark and his friends were ready for the thrilling ride through the heart of the mountain in the dead of the night. It was a dark ride even during the day because a lot of the two-minute ride is spent in dim tunnels. Mm -hmm. But at this time, even when the passengers came out into the cool spring air, it would be dark. Mark Maples and his friends were a little bit too rowdy, probably. They pushed past some girls who were in line for the front car and they ended up in it instead. He took a seat in the middle of a row of three and around midnight, the ride jerked to a start. Mark and his two friends, Gary and Douglas, enjoyed the ride to the top of the 80-foot mountain. And as it started to descend, one of them felt a bump Mm. at his side where Mark was. Then he heard a noise from the same spot. When he looked away from where he had been looking, he saw Mark tumbling out of the car and over the edge of the mountain. This is one thing that I don't know that we've thought about too much in our amusement park episodes. The rest of the ride. If the operators didn't see what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't. So Mark's friends had to finish out the ride in horror, knowing that their friend had been somehow ejected near the 80 foot tall peak of the attraction. When it finally came to a stop, they told ride operators who I guess thought it was a bad prank and didn't believe them until two female passengers who had been beside them, the ones who'd been elbowed out of the way at the start of the ride, by the way, confirmed their story. And at that point, the ride was finally shut down and operators went to find Mark, which they did. From what anyone could gather, he must have stood up, hit his head on the concrete that made up the sides of the mountain, 
fell out of the ride, severely injured his head and chest, and landed unconscious on the lower section of the tracks. He was hospitalized and unevent for four days before he died, becoming Disneyland's first, but absolutely not last death. Yep. In fact, it wouldn't even be Matterhorn's last death. But the people who want more of that will have to vote yeah. on whether they're going to get more of that. It, it's quite a while later in time chronologically, but there is another um, pretty grisly Matterhorn death. Mark was dragged in the press as an irresponsible teenager who pretty much deserved what he got. Yep. And some people said that his seatmates had unbuckled him as part of a hazing ritual. And it was a whole ass fucking thing, whether it was a hazing ritual is a big deal. And if it's true, that's awful. And if it's not, like, can you imagine being those poor kids and living with that kind of coverage? Right, minute? right. Because you can't get back from that. No, no. I mean, his friends completely denied it. I wonder who put that out. Do you think Disney put that out? Just as a conspiracy? I think, I think, but I'm not sure. Um, his friends totally denied it. They eventually had to, like, break their silence and go public, which sucks because, like, one of them was 14. Oh, baby. Yeah. And the evidence didn't seem to line up with it either, which is really interesting to me because, like, this is more of like a true crimey rabbit hole that I don't usually go down this kind of rabbit hole. But so if you're investigating the evidence and you're trying to figure out what happened, I feel like the only evidence that could actively refute the hazing ritual theory would be if he had not been unbuckled. Right. Because what I mean he's unbuckled or he's not and it's like if he's unbuckled what evidence could there be to say whether it was or wasn't a hazing ritual he's unbuckled i mean what else is there but if he wasn't unbuckled i mean then the evidence wouldn't line up with it being a hazing ritual which makes it seem to me like right error like maybe he was still buckled because they they investigated it and they acknowledged that the evidence did not seem to align with it being a hazing ritual. And I just wonder how I feel like the only way for that statement to make sense is if his seatbelt wasn't unfastened. I bet he just stood up. I mean, he's not the first person on a roller coaster. Oh, God. No. That wants yeah, to. There's, there's a million decapitations. Let me tell you. And Mark's dad asked for an inquest, quote, outside of Orange County and the influence of Mr. Disney. Yeah. And I'm not completely sure if he got it, but it was ultimately ruled purely accidental. Wow. Yeah. And that is where I will leave you today on Matterhorn Mountain. That was so good. Man, thank God, because it was, I hope it was worth the wait for people. <laughs> it was worth it for me. Yay. You know what? Really I would matters. wait for ever to hear a story from you oh don't make me cry again <laughs> i'm tired well do you want to do disaster relief then yeah do you have any yeah i have lots i actually i have so many but they're all like little silly things that i was I, like i almost did a compilation disaster relief but i'm gonna calm down and <laughs> pick one thing it's 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 what was it yum dumb or weird mm-hmm is that the categories? It's both yum and dumb. Okay. Because I feel like it's kind of dumb to be disaster relief, but man, is it ever yum. I went to Baskin Robbins with Adelaide recently. She had a bad day at school, and that is kind of our go-to post-bad day Pick thing. Pick me up. Is, yep. Hitting the Baskin Robbins. 
and uh, nothing was sounding good to me. And I tried a new flavor, and it was so fucking yummy. What was it? It was baseball nut. (laughs) (laughs) You just can't handle it, can you? You can't hear the word nut. You're ridiculous. Um, It is, according to the Baskin-Robbins website, a smooth vanilla-flavored ice cream swirled with a black raspberry ribbon and loaded with cashews. Oh, that sounds good. It's simple, but it's amazing. I am a sucker for a raspberry ribbon in any kind of Why is of it called baseball cream? nut? I don't know. Because we're celebrating America's favorite pastime, and they want to make immature podcasters giggle when they hear the word nut is probably why. <laughs> I mean, mission accomplished. Yeah. So, yeah. I am a sucker for a raspberry ribbon. I feel like the tartness always offsets, you know, the creamy ice cream. I always love a raspberry ribbon. And I like a little bit of salty and I like a little bit of crunch. So the cashews are just perfect. Like that nut. I love a crunchy nut. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) So, yeah. Go to Baskin Robbins. Try it. I don't know if mine's open yet. Everything's still down with the hurricane. The girls were out for spring break last week. I think it was last week. I don't even fucking know anymore. And Cody was like, you want to go bowling? Because we were trying to think of fun things to do. Versus like, let's go to the Children's Museum. Still close from the hurricane. He was like, you want to go bowling? I'm like, fuck yeah, I haven't been bowling in so long. Still (laughs) closed. I'm like, everything's just so tired. God, that's frustrating. Yes, I know. You guys are probably tired. I've been talking about this, like, working on over half a year now, right? I mean, this stuff just yeah. doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. I'm going to go bowling. <laughs> well, so is not bowling your disaster relief? No. Um, okay. <laughs> so I'm embracing my age. I had to get reading glasses. Yeah. Technically, I should I- do bifocals but i get migraines really bad i'm on medication for them but i know what my triggers are and i'm bifocals and fucking with my vision is an instant trigger so this is where i'm at now i have to wear reading glasses and so i let my kids i let my kids pick my reading glasses oh man did they have to vote no i could they agree i pulled up the website and i said here look at these pick me out some glasses and they did. And I love them. They came in today and they're very obnoxious. Here, let me see. I took a picture earlier. Let me show you. They're so they're so obnoxious. They're literally mermaid glasses. Oh, my God. I love them. I love you. I love your children. <laughs> but they're oh. humongous. They take up half my face. They're not your... They're purple as fuck. They're not your grandma's reading glasses. Although I do want to get a chain. I want to get a chain because... Yeah, I think you need one. But I can see everything now. I can see the fars and the closes. And I mean, do you want to see everything, though? Haven't you kind of seen enough? No. I've seen enough. You're fucking over it. (laughs) I mean, my glasses have legitimately been lost for a month. (laughs) I have to have have my glasses or my contacts in. I do, too. That's the problem. Like, I really can't see fuck all. But I was kind of not wearing them a lot when my nose piercing was fresh because it kept um, snagging and ripping 
it out, sort of. You're going to mess your eyes up even more. Oh, I know. Like, they're super, it's not ideal. You know, I can't play video games because I can't see shit. I can't really watch any TV shows because I can't see shit. I really shouldn't be driving at night um, without them. So I'm about to have to just order more from Zenny. I'm like, that's where I got these. More. Yeah. So I think they have a rewards program now. Do they? Yeah. Well, they should reward me because I just bought these fuckers less than a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> I like it because they're, they're so cheap. So if you want to like change them out and stuff, but yeah. I need to get some glasses, glasses. And since my girls did such a good job with the reading glasses, I think maybe I'll let them pick out the next pair. I don't know. I honestly don't give a fuck what people think about me anymore. I just, you I just, I'm going to wear what I want to. I'm going to be comfortable. Um, Cody bought me a pair of Doc Martens. I'm like, I'm tired of feeling like I'm too old to wear shit. You know what I mean? Oh, no. I mean, like, you don't even look old, but even if you did, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. So, yeah, I'm just going to wear my overalls with my huge-ass purple glasses and my Doc Martens. God. It is what it is. I'm obsessed with you. Well, guess what? We have a bunch of patrons. We have so many. Is it patrons or Patreon? Patreon. Okay, so here are your buddies. Good. I'm going to... Fuck up this first last name. I apologize. Let me know. I'll give you a do-over. And also, if you guys would like to sign up for our Patreon, feel free to let me know how to say your name. Unless you want to redo. (laughs) People just want to hear their name twice. (laughs) Okay. It's Abby. Abby. I have a daughter named Abby. I really don't want to mess this up. Watches. It's W-A-C-H-S. Abby Wax. Abby, what? <laughs> no, that's definitely not it. Abby, I'm sorry. Your buddy is going to be Ashley German, J-U-R-M-A-N. I think I even fucked up your sister's name. Um, she let me know that her sister, <laughs> Paige Bosiak, Bosiak. See, I don't even remember anymore. Recommended the podcast. This is those were the before times. Yeah. So you two are buddies. You can talk about how you're going to do your talk shit. Redo. Yeah, talk shit. (laughs) (laughs) We have Kelly Gavin and Kay Celeste. You two are buddies. Cute pairing. I like it. Sean Dumbecki and Stephanie O'Reardon, who actually messaged me how to say your last name. And her husband listens, too. So there's a little bonus shout out. Oh, you guys are buddies. Next, we have Marley MacLeod, I believe. MacLeod, MacLeod. She sent a ton of wrecks, so thank you. We will be digging into those soon. Your buddy is Katie Rosado. And then... Rosado, like the food? I love that. That's Rosado. Okay. I feel like we're splitting hairs. No, we're not. (laughs) I feel like we are. Rosado... I mean, I don't fucking know. I just feel like it's very similar to that, and I think that's cool. Regardless, Katie, you sound yummy. So- <laughs> it is way past our Come bedtime. here. We're gonna eat you. Yum. <laughs> Donate your kidneys to us. <laughs> In like an eating them kind of way, like a Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Kind of way. And so the last three I'm gonna put together because there's an odd number. Uh, Sinead Carroll. Uh, Sarah Barney and Jean, you guys. I love it. Yes. What a trio. So go Nate, 
go Nate. <laughs> There's no Nate in this. <laughs> but go Nate. Go. If you guys know a Nate, tell him we support him. Yes. Go. Go Nate. Go Nate. Now I've got the giggles. I can't even do it. You do it. What are, what are they naming? <laughs> go donate food. Go donate blood. Fuck, what is it? Go blood. Donate go donate a kidney. kidney. Go Nate. Go Nate. <laughs> oh, and go to bed. Go to bed. Sweet dreams are no Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams are no dreams. <laughs> Hey, Horrible Ghouls. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to share your personal MarkSafe moment, you can send it to us at MarkSafePodcast at gmail.com. Please give our podcast a rate, review, and subscribe, and tell your buddies about us, too. That goes a long way. If you want to further elevate your support, check out our MarkSafe Patreon page, where we have shoutouts, goodies, and some bonus content in the works. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks again, and as always, stay safe.